check out the Drink and Farm merch shop. We keep the shop up to date with new and fresh items. And while you're there, be sure to check out the shirt of the month. Go to drinkandfarm.com slash shop and maybe snag a few items you've been eyeing for a while now. Shopping with us is an excellent way to support the podcast and get something new for yourself at the same time. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. Mm. <laughs> what are you drinking today? So I got a really good cold brew coffee from a local coffee shop this morning. And they put some Milky Way, like, syrup in it. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. Yeah, and it's so good. And I put it in my Silly Pint. Because the Silly Pint, I actually feel like it kind of helps things stay colder just a little longer, like without being ridiculous. And the lid makes it so that I don't spill and ruin any of my iced coffee. So there you go. Because spilled coffee is sad. Mm-hmm. Spilled coffee is sad coffee. So what did you open over there? I'm drinking V8 low sodium again. Hooray. You're so healthy. <laughs> I know. I haven't had one in, a, I think, since the last time we recorded and I drank it. But even more exciting, for me anyways, I broke out my chicken mug <laughs> that is the American flag that I got from Tractor Supply. Because when this drops, it'll be post-Easter, which means I'm breaking out all of my uh, like patriotic Memorial Day summer decorations and putting them up to help summon the sun and the warmer weather. Yeah. So I just started a little early. Yeah. <laughs> this morning, my husband asked if for his birthday, I could take our Christmas decorations down off the porch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe that's why you've had such crazy weather in Ohio. Because I haven't taken my Christmas decorations down. I mean. Yeah. So. Okay. You know. So at least I changed the wreath. And I changed the, like, mat and the, like, things that are stuck in the pots on each side of the door. But then inside the pots are evergreens that are not evergreen anymore. Oh, (laughs) They are very brown. (laughs) And uh, they have, like, ornaments on them that are, like, sagging on dead branches. (laughs) So you have, like, a Charlie Brown tree situation out front. And your husband would like them to make their exit. Hey, that's a really good birthday gift, though. That is cheap. That is easy. I mean... Well, I mean, it's easy, except it's something I have to do, so that automatically makes it not easy. Yes, compared to, like, shopping on Amazon and just putting in your cart and it showing up to your house. Yeah. Yeah. There is that. Well, and there's also something about, like, the minute someone asks you to do something, suddenly you don't want to do it anymore. Have you ever experienced that? (laughs) All the time. I I call it my oppositional (laughs) defiance disorder. (laughs) Yes. Especially, but I feel like like when somebody I like and appreciate asks me, it's not too bad. But if it's somebody I don't like, I just go straight into like F you mode. (laughs) Even if I just internalize it and don't show it on the outside. So at least like it's I I mean I assume you like your husband Mm -hmm. yeah I do but yeah sometimes when he's asking me to do something though no 
Yeah, no. <laughs> it's just how the mood strikes you. Right, yeah. I mean, I have oppositional <laughs> defiance disorder against my cow. When he moves at me for dinner, he gets fed last. Really? Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Because <laughs> I'll walk out and he'll go, Mah! like really angrily. <laughs> and I'm like, dude. And just fed you, like, six hours ago. That's not how you talk to your human mother. I'll show you. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it doesn't show him. He just gets madder, but... <laughs> yeah, but it makes you feel better. It does, and that's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> our drink peep this episode is our friend Natalie Quist, and she is at Cloud Lover Fiber over on the Instagram. So, cheers, lady. Cheers. All right. So... We're going to get back on the pregnancy and farming bandwagon today and talk about beekeeping while pregnant because it is a thing you can still do, but there are some things you're going to want to think through if you haven't already. And this article actually made me pump the brakes on starting it while I'm pregnant Okay. Because I was doing some research and I was kind of going back and forth because I didn't really want to spend the money. That's a big factor too right now, but we could. And, you know, I know we don't get a lot of honey the first year, so maybe it would be good to start the first year and blah, blah, blah. But I just decided not to. I haven't been, I'm going to knock on wood here. I haven't been stung by a bee in a very long time. So I'm not sure if the way I have reacted previously would be the same way. So I wanted to do some more research about that before I made that yes or no decision. And because I already did the research, even though I'm not going to beekeep this year, I'm still going to share it with you guys. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be helpful if anyone else is in that situation where they're trying to decide if that's something they want to take on while they're planning their family or they've got, you know, a growing part of their family in them right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and this is just good stuff to know anyways, because even if you're not pregnant and you're getting into beekeeping, this is just stuff you're still going to want to think about because... It's some of it's just normal, like allergic reaction information for bee stings. So, well, let's jump right into it. I want to know, like, what's one of the biggest risks that an expectant person has when, you know, beekeeping while expecting? So one of the biggest risks is definitely multiple stings from an aggressive swarm Obviously, one sting, you're going to react maybe a little differently depending on your allergy level if you have an allergy than you would if, like, a dozen sting you. And then if you try, like, swatting them away and you're panicking, that just sends, like, a, I think, like, some kind of chemical reaction through the swarm. And they're all just going to keep going after you because they sense they're in danger. So there's that to think of, too. So if you already have a bee allergy to bee stings, it's probably a good idea to maybe just table the whole beekeeping thing while you're pregnant. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Talk to your doctor, talk to your partner or whoever might be helping you beekeep because it is a risk to your unborn child and to you if you already do have an allergy or if you're not sure. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the things that's really important to keep in mind about the multiple bee sting thing is when you're stung once, like, you might just have a mild reaction because it's just a little bit of the bee venom that gets in you. 
But add 10 stings to that or 20 or even more than that. And someone who doesn't have an allergy to bee stings can have a bad reaction to it just because of the sheer volume of the venom, right? Yeah. So what's important here, too, is to kind of know the difference between what's normal and not normal in a reaction, because obviously a bee sting isn't going to feel good. But typically, you're not going to have more much of a problem outside of burning pain at the area of the sting, as well as some swelling and maybe a red mark. In more moderate stings, the swelling might increase over a few days and the area might get really red. However, both mild and moderate bee stings require nothing more than some at-home treatment. Now, if we're talking about severe bee stings where there is an allergic reaction or if you're in that multiple sting situation Bev was just talking about, it could get real bad, like anaphylaxis real bad, which is life-threatening and considered an emergency. So if you're not sure what anaphylaxis is, the signs of it include dizziness, fainting, difficulty breathing, swallowing of the tongue or throat, or excuse me, swelling of the tongue or throat, Vomiting or nausea, flushed or pale skin, hives and itching, and loss of consciousness. So not fun. Yeah. No, it doesn't sound very fun. I recently, um, by recently, I mean like last last May, right before Jared and I went on our trip to New Orleans, I got stung by a wasp on the hands like the day before we were getting on the plane to leave. And it got me good because I had trapped it in a small area and didn't realize I just put my hand right on it. And the initial sting obviously sucked because it was a wasp. But the next day we were on the plane and we were at our layover and my arm just like wouldn't stop swelling like it just it was like spreading and then like some little like hives were kind of starting and I was like oh my god I'm having an allergic reaction to this wasp sting (laughs) like while I'm at an airport and we haven't gotten to our destination yet Jared's like do we need to go find like the hospital urgent care because you know they have those I was like no I'm like how about I just start with Benadryl (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) And I got some topical, I got some like topical anti, you know, inflammatories type of stuff. Yeah. And, and it, and it was good by the time we landed in New Orleans, but I was like, oh my gosh, like I had no idea that it would show up later, like that it wouldn't just hit me immediately if I was starting to have a problem. Right. So keep that in mind. If you do get stung once, you're going to want to keep an eye on it for a couple of days for those reasons. Now, if you're in that multiple sting situation... The reason why you can go into anaphylaxis is because of the amount of venom that is injected to you during that sting. That can cause that toxic reaction. So if you have that with one bee sting, imagine what it's going to be like with 20. So this is a big reason why pregnant women need to at least take some extra precautions when beekeeping, even if they're not allergic. Because treatment for anaphylaxis isn't really fun either. It typically involves an injection of adrenaline. And those with severe allergies might already have an EpiPen on them. So if they do get into that situation, they can take care of it or somebody that's with them can take care of it. Adrenaline helps prevent anaphylactic shock from becoming life-threatening. So EpiPens use a drug called epinephrine, but this can cause problems in pregnant women. So you have to consider the risk of it raising your blood pressure which can result in a condition known as placental eruption, 
Abruption. Abruption. I was thinking like volcano for some reason. <laughs> oh gosh. No, I don't think it erupts open, but I think that's when it separates from the uterine wall. Okay. Yes. So sidestep story here. I've talked a little bit about my white coat hypertension. I think one of my readings was insane. Like I understand why they were panicked. It was like, cause I was under a lot of stress cause I don't like needles. And I was under the impression I was going to have to get like six vials of blood taken that day. <laughs> Spoiler. It was a separate appointment, but I didn't know that. So I was freaking out. And because I have anxiety, it impacts my blood pressure when I'm at the doctor and my blood pressure reading was like, 210 over 80 so they were like convinced I was dying and I was like no 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 I'm just really nervous like take it again at the end of the appointment it had dropped a ton by then but my doctor said I'm afraid your placenta is gonna rip away from your body (laughs) and she was talking about this I wish she would have told me like it was called placental abruption and explained it a little more calmly than ripping away from your body Uh, (laughs) it feels like that was upping the anxiety situation just a little bit well I wasn't taking her seriously because I know my body well enough that I was like this isn't actually an issue and you're making it worse by your reaction so if she does that again we'll have to have a little talk but anyways that's what that is so obviously not good for you not good for your baby it's not common either for epinephrine to do this But when you have multiple doses of epinephrine, which can be common, that makes that placental abruption risk even higher. Okay, good to know. So it's not like a, like, if your options are anaphylaxis or taking that epinephrine pen, you take the epinephrine pen because the the risk is worth the reward in this situation because that's what a lot of anything that you do in life whether you're pregnant or not it's a it's it's a determining of like what risks we're comfortable taking and uh letting anaphylaxis go is not a risk you would want to keep taking (laughs) right and if you have any kind of allergy that requires you to carry an EpiPen and you're pregnant I would encourage you if you haven't already have that conversation with your doctor of how you should react in that situation. Do you do that right away or do you hustle to an ER? Really depends on your location probably too. But you should have that conversation with your provider and the risk reward conversations should go for everything they're trying to do to you, period. Because there's a risk with, I would say, most (laughs) medical things. (laughs) Well, there's always risk, right? I mean, like, yeah, it's just... But informed consent and informed denial are incredibly important things. And you do have options, so find out what those are. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I would hope that any pregnant woman that has an EpiPen prescribed to her that has been noted in her chart and her doctor has already had that conversation with her. But I would hope. (laughs) I mean, just remember, like, one of the things that you always have to keep in mind, though, is that everyone that is helping you during this phase is helping you know, dozens and sometimes hundreds of other women at this same time. And you want them to have the time to read your chart and take in everything. But sometimes emergencies or the schedule just doesn't allow that. So have some grace for them and not think that they like, how dare they not talk to me about that? Like, you know that you have it and you know that you might need some more information about it. So be sure 
to ask for it and get it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be your own advocate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really important. Mm -hmm. Or bring somebody with you that can help you be an advocate too. Because usually like what happens to me is I'll like, (laughs) I'll get really like amped up about something and I'll be like, I'm going to talk to her about this when I see her next. And then she comes in the room and I'm like, oh yeah, everything's great. Blah, blah, blah. Cause I'm just like, whatever. in a different mood and a different mindset. And then I come home and Matt's like, well, did you ask her about this? And I'm like, shit, <laughs> no, I didn't. So luckily now with patient portals, you can ask questions through that a lot of the time too. So I went and messaged her that way. Yeah. So utilize that too. If you forgot to look at something or didn't talk about it, call and talk to the nurse or that too. So if you're a beekeeper in this situation, don't hesitate to reach out to your doctor to talk to them about this, even outside the office, because this is really important stuff. Yeah. Well, and I love that you can do it through their portal because that takes some of the pressure off because like for myself, so the social anxiety, I won't make the phone call because the phone is my, the bane of my existence. Don't call me unless someone's dying because I will not answer. (laughs) But then also, like you said, in those in-person situations, I can be nervous about how what I'm about to say is going to come off. And so it just never comes And then my really important questions don't get answered. So advocating for myself in person is really difficult. But writing an email through a portal or a little instant message through a portal, I can do that all day long. I have no trouble with that. So I think another part of it for me, too, it's not just necessarily the social anxiety. It's the people-pleasing behavior I have. Mm -hmm. And seeing a doctor as an authority. Yeah. And... Getting comfortable questioning that authority can be really challenging. So doing it in written form gives you time to really process it and put it in a way that's going to make you feel good (laughs) and not like you're replaying the conversation over and over in your head on the car ride home. Like, why did I say it that way? Because that's just another anxiety trigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like, I wasn't trying to make it sound like I, you know, like, never believe you or I think that you're insane for even mentioning that I just I just needed more information to feel like I got what I needed to have my question answered and feel good about what the next steps are yeah so this turned into like a generalized healthcare advocation corner but hopefully that's helpful to anybody even if you're not pregnant like even at your yearly visit that's super important Yeah. Because if you're a generally healthy person, those appointments tend to go really fast. But sometimes you still have things you want to cover. Yeah. No, I mean, we're giving pregnant beekeeping advice and life advice here. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Whether you like it or not. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know that you can not only purchase poultry from Meyer Hatchery, but you can also get any and all the supplies you need for your feathered friends? Go to MeyerHatchery.com and click Supplies. You'll see a wide variety of well-organized categories ranging from incubators, brooding, identification, feed, pest control, transportation, and so much more. So make Meyer Hatchery your one-stop shop for all things poultry. Go to MeyerHatchery.com and use code DRINKINFARM to get $5 off your online order. So you might be asking yourself now, should I stop beekeeping when I'm pregnant or should I just not start up at all if I'm, I've been toying with the idea? 
And it is important to know the risks involved with beekeeping when pregnant, but it's also worth knowing that the majority of pregnant beekeepers have zero problems. Yeah. I mean, the disaster stories are very few and far between. So don't let them stop you if it's something that's really important to you. Yes. Especially if you're already comfortable around bees. Like, I am not super comfortable around bees, and I I don't know if they can scientifically smell fear. I'm convinced they can. But by nature, bees are not aggressive. Um, They'll only sting once out of self-defense, typically. But in the case of multiple bee stings, it's usually because you're disrupting a hive or a swarm of bees. So you're ruining their party. And they're real mad about it. Yeah. I mean, nobody likes a party pooper. No. Nobody likes it when the cops show up. Mm-mm. Yeah. And you're the cops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Confiscating their honey. Yes. Yeah. So it's really up to you if you want to stop beekeeping when you're pregnant. But know that there are ways to avoid bee stings when you're beekeeping that you might already be doing. Remember that bees sting when they feel threatened. Like we talked about earlier. So you just kind of want to be out there and be like a really graceful ballerina. Don't make any sudden movements. Just be really fluid. Don't be clunking any tools down on the hive or anything aggressive like that. Just be really calm and graceful. Yeah, I did hear that bees don't like it when you clunk things on the hive. Was that in our last bee episode? Which makes total sense. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was listener advice. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Also, think about, like, when you're inspecting your hive, it's important to not make any sudden movements then, especially when you're moving frames with bees, just really nice and fluid. And then also try to inspect your hive when the weather is warm and sunny, because they, like us, don't really like the rain, cold, and wind. It's fair. Can't blame them. Yeah. (laughs) The article also suggests you do hive inspections mid-morning and mid-afternoon, when most of the worker bees are probably out foraging which is a great idea just for even when you're not pregnant, I think. That's really good to know. Also, you have the option of wearing a bee suit. And this one says a white protective. I don't think I've ever seen a non-white bee suit. I mean, let's face it. If I was going to keep bees, mine would be tie-dye. It would not be white. (laughs) Well, apparently bees find lighter clothing less threatening than darker clothing. So I'm not sure how they'd feel about tie-dye. I will make it pastel tie-dye. Ooh, there you go. Also wear the head cover with a veil when you're doing this because nobody wants to get stung in the face or near the eyes because that's really painful and dangerous. And also gloves, great idea. Mm-hmm. Getting stung on the hand, probably not a lot of fun, huh, Bev? Oh, the skin is so thin there yes. that it hurts so bad. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Another thing you can do is bring your smoker with you. It's a great way to keep the bees calm before you inspect the hive because bees interpret the smoke as fire. So they usually dive into the hive to gorge in case they have to leave and start a new hive, which oh. feels like a mean trick, but it makes a lot of sense. It does kind of. So I have a confession. I always thought that that little smoker thing was kind of like catnip for bees. So it was like, Making them a little high, so they were just kind of like... <laughs> a little calm? Like, come on in. You want some honey? After you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I guess I didn't really know. I knew it kept them calm, but I didn't know why. Yeah, I just assumed it was like bee catnip. Like bee nip. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was. That's way more interesting to me. Yeah, me too. Maybe a beekeeper can 
tell us if there is an element to that. (laughs) Don't block the entrance to the hive either. That's another piece of advice from the article. Because bees tend to have their own route to the hive. And if you're standing in the front entrance, they're going to get pissed. Like, have you ever had your kid, like, stand in front of the TV while you're watching it? That's annoying. Same thing. I was thinking of traffic. Like, have you ever wanted to go somewhere and suddenly something was in your way and not moving? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Traffic's (laughs) the worst. (laughs) Well, you're traffic when you're blocking their entrance. (laughs) Okay, so what is some advice for if you get stung? Like just for a regular person, you know, you're not having anaphylaxis or any of the like worst case scenarios. There's not 20 of them stinging you like you just got one. (laughs) So stay calm. Don't start doing like jujitsu moves. Remember, they like fluid movements. Even with all of the measures above that we talked about how to do safe beekeeping, there's no guarantee you're not going to get stung. So just also, I think, mentally prepare that it can happen so you can stay calm. It makes it less shocking. Yes. Yes. You're going to walk away from the hive slowly and calmly. Do not run. Don't do that. And I wasn't totally... I knew I read this before. Apparently, I read it in this article. Bees emit a pheromone when they sting, and this instantly alerts the rest of the hive to danger. So if the rest of the bees see you as a threat, they're going to swarm you and chase you. Again, don't run. Yeah. (laughs) They can fly much faster than you can run. Trust me. (laughs) Why are so many things in nature faster than us? Even chickens are faster than us. Baby goats are faster than us. I mean, survival of the fittest. Is my guess. How did we get this far? How did we make it so long? (laughs) Bipedal and thought process. And silly. Yeah. So if you do get a bee sting, honestly, you should probably be fine. But just keep an eye out for allergic reaction signs. And if you're really, really worried about it, just call your doctor or your midwife. They'll talk you through it. And if you need to go in, they'll, I'm sure they'll see you. Yeah. They'll tell you what to look for specifically that would indicate an issue. Yes. We've been big fans of Grubbly Farms Grubblies before we even started this podcast. If your flock hasn't tried Grubblies yet, they are definitely missing out. Grubblies are a nourishing daily snack that chickens love. Grubblies are protein-packed, calcium-rich grubs that will give your flock the nutrients and minerals they need for healthier feathers and stronger eggshells. Not only are grublies healthy for your chickens, ducks, and geese, but they're also great for our planet. Every harvest of grubs is safely and sustainably grown, recycling food waste that would otherwise end up in a landfill. So get more bang for your buck by going with Grubbly Farms Grubblies, the official chicken snack of the Drink and Farm podcast. And you can go to grubblyfarms.com and use code DRINKANDFARM25 to get 25% off your first order and Grubblies always ship free. All right. So we're at the end of the episode and this is where we read your review of the week. Yeah. So if anyone has anything else about pregnant while beekeeping, talk to us in our Facebook group. But otherwise that's that's all the chatting we had about it for you yeah so if you haven't left us a review yet make sure you do that over on apple podcast or you can leave us a voicemail the phone number is in the show notes so you don't have to like dig for it too far or write it down or anything like that but you can call and leave us a voicemail and leave a review that way because we read one a week when we have one and then every 
review that we read for that month, we're going to put your names into a drawing, draw them out of a hat, and then somebody's going to win an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop. So make sure you leave your Instagram handle or something in there too so we can match you up with your review. Yes. And if you need that phone number, it is 401-426-FARM. I've memorized it. It's easy peasy. <laughs> you should memorize it too because you should just call us and leave us random things on our voicemail. We'll listen to it. Yeah, them. I don't have it memorized either, but <laughs> <laughs> pregnancy brain. Anyways, Bev, do you want to read this week's review? Yes, I would love to. So this week's review is from my friend Kathy Gormandy, and she is at Kathy Zitnick over on Instagram. She farms the prettiest flowers. Like, if you aren't following her yet, go do that. And she loves all the Joy Farmer stuff, so I think she has, like, all the Joy Farmer gear. (laughs) (laughs) And the title of her review is Longstanding Go-To Farm Podcast. I started listening to Sam and Bev several years ago when I discovered podcasts and was building my new small farm. They have become my go-to listen when harvesting, planting, and shoveling compost. They're real and genuine and help put things into perspective as they give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. Thank you, Kathy. That's so nice of you. We appreciate your review very much. Yes, thank you. So just a few housekeeping items. Do us a favor. And if you're listening to this, maybe take a screenshot and share that you're listening over on your Instagram stories and tag us at Drink and Farm. We're going to send you a promo code just for that episode that'll give you a percentage off in our merch shop. And make sure that you take a look at the show notes to find links to the article that we discussed, a survey to tell us how we're doing anonymously, all of our social media goodness, and our merch shop. And that's it for today. No, that's it. Hope you have a beautiful day. (laughs) I like it. More bee puns, please. I mean, we really didn't do enough of them in this episode, if I'm being honest, but... Yeah, being (laughs) honest. (laughs) Okay, I'm cutting myself off. So until next time... Drink. Farm. And give zero clucks. Bye now. We drink things, we farm things.